Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. All right, welcome to another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Bob Ryan and the NBA Finals are behind us, Robert, and we've got a champion, and it is Giannis. I don't even <laughs> want to say his name because I always screw it up, but I'll try it. Antetokounmpo, I guess. I mean, I again, hopefully I get it right. I'm just going with Giannis, and I'm going with the fact that he is the most likable NBA champion we have seen in over a decade, Bob. Maybe ever. Well... I don't know about ever. We'll have to think. You may be right. You may be right. There's nothing not to like in my, in my judgment here. Um, he is, uh, uh, he's, a, he's sui generis on the court. There's never been anybody quite like him. Uh, the package that he represents at his size, the ball handling ability, the athleticism, uh, the, um, uh, I think I, I, told, I said last time, he's the greatest finisher I've ever seen. I think he's the greatest finisher of all time uh, at, at that size, you know, with that size he has. It's, it's like Dr. J on steroids, you know, I mean, he's six inches taller than Dr. J was and, and doing the same kind of thing, only better, you know. So in that regard. Um, yeah. And he's likable. God, he's carried himself. He's more so likable. Well. Who who doesn't like him? Like, listen, Larry Bird, Boston loved him, but L.A. hated him. Uh, Magic, you know, Boston hated him. L.A. loved him. And there were other people around the country that probably didn't like Magic. I feel like Giannis, who doesn't – it's almost like sacrilegious to not like Giannis. <laughs> no, he's just, he, he's a wonderful package. He's humble enough. He's, yeah. he's a team – you know, he's a team guy. I mean, you know, he carries himself great. I mean, there's a, and the whole story, the wonderful story, the, 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 the Nigerian family immigrating to Greece – uh, you know, and, and, and the whole uh, upward, upward brothers, the whole you know. right, upward mobility thing, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and especially when they drafted him uh, eight years ago, isn't that something? Eight yeah, years ago. Crazy. You know, I mean, at 15, uh, it was a reach probably, you know, and, and look at what he's made himself into. So yes. Uh, and, and the thing is, that's just, he, he did what is the ultimate athletic accomplishment to play your best game in the most meaningful moment. And, and carry your team and that I mean a 50 point game and a clinching game which uh every one of you know it, it, it was it was spectacular and um it's just so, so yes it's a and overall as far as the team's concerned 
my I have a I have what I got what I call justice. Justice being, as I interpret it, the team just should have won one. That's all. They should have won. And and in the season, it was a truncated. You know, it was a, it was a, a marred season with injury. We discussed it to be outside of the playoffs. Whoever wins is going to have to listen to some whining in L.A. and some whining in Brooklyn, and and it'll be somewhat legitimate, particularly in, in Brooklyn. Although they didn't play together very much, we saw a glimpse of how good they could have been. Well, they'll put it together next year. The team that should have won won. That's it, and I'm happy with that. I'm com- I mean, I'm content with that. I think it's so cool too that in in an era in which superstars have teamed up that Chris Middleton and Giannis stuck together. They had pieces, obviously. John Horst did a tremendous job adding, you know, Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes and some of these auxiliary pieces. P.J. Tucker was a huge addition. uh, Connaughton a few years ago. But but I feel like that's kind of what I appreciate most about Giannis is that he stayed and did it his way. And I heard somebody, I can't remember who, on the radio uh, earlier this week, talking about the reason why Giannis may not have teamed up. And it's true. He didn't play AU basketball, Bob. He didn't establish these relationships that these kids do at 15, 16, 17 years old, where they know each other Mm -hmm. and they're hanging out with each other. He didn't have those bonds. No, I, well, you know, there's a lot, a lot we can, someday we'll talk about AAU basketball, but the fact is that that's a very good point, just as in a, on a, uh, on the subject of AAU basketball and, and it's, and, and avoiding it and it being a positive, the greatest example of that prior to him was Tim Duncan. Yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan uh, did not have the, the attitude, did not have the, the, you know, all the bad things that can ensue. Yeah. Uh, thank you. He, he was developed completely outside that scope and, but now Duncan so, was likable, but Duncan was likable, but like he didn't want to deal with No, I'm just saying it's a whole different subject. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. It's not yeah. that, you know, I mean, you know, he, he, he was, you know, he was not accessible. You know what I'm saying? He, he's an, an, an accessible personality. Right. You know, he didn't, he wasn't a beloved personality for the American public because nobody knew him. He didn't want you to know him. You know, he didn't want, he didn't want, and that's, he's, he's, hey, both of these guys in different ways are totally happy in their own skin. I mean, you know, and, and. And Duncan did it his way, and and this young man's doing it his way, and it, it's a more outgoing, you know, joyful external way. And but anyway, but you're right. The organic nature of the, this team was built in the old-fashioned way, without without the the, the piling on, you know, business. Uh, yeah, it's great, and I think we all appreciate that. Hey, can I give props to to one media member? I know this isn't you know what we do, but, yeah. but I have to do this uh, because she's 26 years old. And as two people in the media watching her on the podium post game, Malika Andrews, how she handled herself and everything was absolutely insane. Like she's such a star in this business. I know this, we don't use this podcast for, for these reasons, but I was so blown away at 26 years old at how good she is and how she handled that situation, which listen, that's a, that's a big moment to deal with NBA finals post game mm-hmm. and everybody watching you. And she, she blew it out of the water. So that that's neither okay. here nor there. I, I, I would second that as Smokey would say, I'll second that emotion. So that's good. really impressive. You know, who you know, who has not been impressive, Bob, Greg Popovich. In oh, the team. oh, I'm glad we got to that. I, I, I wondered now before the, they got to Tokyo. So in, in, when we're pondering, what we saw uh, with the Nigeria game and, and losing Australia. And I'm thinking about 
2004, where the wrong man was in the wrong place at the wrong time, Larry Brown. He was the wrong coach. Sure. He got the job, and, you know, because it was, it was a, an honor and a, an honorific that he deserved in a sense, you know, but it turned out to be the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, it, it is becoming, is it not becoming increasingly, I won't say evident, but strongly possible that Pop is the absolute wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time? 100%. 100%. And I don't know if, if it's kind of like he's too stubborn at, at this point in his career to be able to adjust and not feeling like he had time to adjust with this roster because he didn't have a lot of time. But, you know, number one, whoever chose the personnel on this team screwed up royally. Oh, Roy. it's Jerry. Can we go back to Jerry Colangelo? Horrible. He's the director. He's the, he's the GM. I, I wonder if he picked him, though. I feel like he probably – Pick the people who pick the team, whether it's the top or or. Well, yeah. We have to start. We know that there's a number of players that couldn't play, whether, even if they wanted to play. Yeah. Starting with Kawhi Leonard, and you know LeBron is LeBron's paid his dues. You, I, I have no problem with LeBron not wanting to play at thirty. He's thirty six. He's done it enough. He's done enough. We have to have enough backlog exactly. that we can, we can, you know, and and we still might. I still think we're going to win. By the way, let's just jump ahead. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I with you. If we don't find a way, it'll. It won't be pretty. It won't be. Uh, it won't be. Uh, you know, nineteen ninety-two Redux. Yep. It's going to be a struggle. But I still think we ought to win. All right. Um. Still. Um. Yeah. The composition of the team was questionable. The Kevin Love pick was be was utterly incomprehensible. Ridiculous. Utterly incomprehensible. Yeah. And now when we have to go to the reserves and we're and we're calling on Javale McGee at this point in t- in his Keldon Johnson. Well, actually, he might turn out to be a surprise. Help. He's fine. He's fine. But like. Ultimately, if these are some of the guys that you've got on the team, uh, you're, you're, you're in trouble right now. But I, I think the bigger problem I have, Bob, is just, you know, these guys that were all scorers on their team, and now they've got to learn to be something else or, 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 or play it uh, less than capacity. You know, like Damian Lillard. Well, if Kevin Durant's on the court and Jason Tatum's on the, like, what do we need Damian Lillard? You don't, you need somebody different. You don't need a, another, you know, ball stopping score. We've mm. got that. You've got the best maybe in the world in Kevin Durant. So let's get some guys around him that, you know, that that's where to me, you know, France had a major advantage. You know, you've got a couple guys like that, you know, again, you know, to me, Draymond Green fits. He, he's fine. Bam out of bio fits. He's fine. But when you talk about some of the guys who are playing big minutes, I, I don't understand having Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant both on the team. Like they just don't fit together. Yeah. Well, that's, it, you know, you, you, in theory, it's, I wondered whether there would be a, a team. I, I, I realized we were going to have this problem. Plus the, the, the compact nature, the, the, the shortened nature. I mean, when you got three of your guys arriving the day before the game, Right. My home, right. by the way, was your, turned out to be your most useful player at holiday at 18 points. But anyway, you, uh, it's, it's abnormal to the nth degree, you know, and, and, and the, and the way that the other countries did not have this problem. We had that problem, but um, I wondered whether it would be a country that would have enough guys that could give us a game, you know, on, on the one team, the way Spain did in 08 and no, 12, you know, there were very contested games and legitimate games in, 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 in uh, Beijing and London. And, I still, I, Australia would be my number one pick. Uh, and, but now, I, you know, I, but is there anybody any better than, than out there though, left after other than Australia or France? I don't know. Is, is Dodger so. can't carry Slovenia 
right. all the way, right? You might call him, carry him to a bronze. You wouldn't uh, think so. You, I mean, again, you would think as this goes along, Pop's going to make adjustments with the with, with the personnel and maybe how they play and drop maybe drop a few plays. That might help too. But you know, to me, I think they'll get better. And and I'm with you. I think they eventually win. But man, it, it you know the good part is it'll be interesting. At least uh, people will be watching with some intrigue now. From the Nigeria game on, I yeah. said, oh boy, now my interest is up. Yeah, <laughs> it's up. It's We're not normally. Down. Yeah, normally you're just watching to see how many points they win by. This episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Because they are focused on managing and growing their business, they can't always spend the time that they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Fill out targeted screening questions and get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation that you need. Then, it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What I didn't like, though, all right, lose to France and, and, and we can make excuses about the, you know, the, the team just not been put together yet. But losing to France by giving up a 16 to 2 final run oh, and, and, and looking helpless uh, was not a, that that's what disturbed me. It was well, the need of that loss, not necessarily that they lost. It was horrible. They had the game in hand. It should have been just a normal finishing touch and to lose being outscored 16 to two. Wow. You know? And, uh, yeah. Again, I mean, they don't have a big time rim protector, you know, that's, well, that's, what I, that's what I got McGee. Yeah. But you, you know, can't, do you want him on the floor in the end like that? No, you can't play with JaVel McGee. You can't play him. So he just sits on the bench. Well, why is he here? You say to yourself, yeah, because we got nowhere to you know, where, who else could we have turned to? You know, I don't know. I thought Andre Drummond. I don't know. We somebody, somebody. Yeah, I would have brought somebody else in who at least could give. I couldn't believe what I saw about McKee. I said, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather have Bam. I, I know Bam's not a, a rim protector, but I would have. You know. Yeah. And and well, and he hasn't been great. And and you bring in Devin Booker, who again kind of duplicates a lot of what you have with oh, Durant yeah. with with. Damian Lillard with Jason Tatum like they're just all too similar they're used to their roles as the alpha dog scorer in isolation and that's not what you know again they'll they'll hopefully get on track here but it's not fun to watch you know who would have been uh interesting is your boy Lomelo yeah I mean he sees that kind of guy we're talking about right a, 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 a born distributor even Lonzo even Lonzo on this team like he'd be great early he would have been better than Lillard at the point for this group because what does he do he just gets people easy buckets and he guards yeah yeah. I would have taken Lonzo at that point what about Kyle Lowry yes you know like he's at least a a a, a killer like I think you need a few of those I think that's what this this team may be missing too is a PJ Tucker type or somebody like that in the locker room that's going to call these dudes out for for being okay so what's the over-under point spread on Iran? Oh, Seriously, for you, what is it? 50. 50, exactly. 50. They better win. And by the way, I have to credit Brian Windhorst for pointing this out because I hadn't thought about it. 
that uh, they bet they damn well better win by 50 because point differential could conceivably right, come into right. play. If they, at, no, they're going to run it up. So they have to run it up against yes. Iran, which, you know, and, and uh, that that's that. And then, they, then after that, Czech Republic, they shouldn't pose a, a problem either. But they, they you know, and they, so they're going to advance. You know, uh, they, they, that's and then they advance. That's all that matters, whether you're undefeated or not. So anyway. You know who will be on the next Olympic team, Bob? Your point guard. For the 2026, <laughs> what is the next Olympics? 2024. Yeah, 24. No, 24. Is he Olympics is Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham. Yeah, Kate I, Cunningham. Uh, well, that's an easy transition, isn't it? Into, yes. into Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, NBA draft Thursday night. Um, I love the draft. I mean, I love it. I wish it got more play. It, it just, I feel like it gets nothing, certainly compared to the NFL draft. Well, you, know, you get a week window, and right now you get that week window when the Olympics are going on, and when everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers over. Well, the old over. days, look, it thinks it's been engulfed by by forces beyond its control. Yeah. I mean, when in my heyday, uh, I was very much into the draft. I had to produce the mock drafts the way beat writers do. You know, I did lots of homework, and and it feels like that there was a, a more interest, but it was it was more order. It came at a different point in time. It was a month. It was earlier. The, and, and the finals didn't, I'm talking, if we dial it back 30 years, yeah. the finals didn't run too deep into, uh, it barely touched. And you had how many rounds? And you had, oh my God, you had seven, you know, you had seven, 10. Because when right. I started, there were 17 rounds. I mean, seriously, back in 17? Oh, my day went on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was and like baseball. They cut it off to 10. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, and anyway, so. It was, I wish it was a couple more rounds. I do. I mean, I get it. You, you know, these guys aren't going to make a team. So why why are you having seven rounds? These guys have no chance of making. Well, it's an uh, honor. You know, you'd get invited to camp. It was an honor to say, you know, you could tell yeah. your Mitchell that I was a fifth round pick of the, you know, the Hawks back in, you know, 1977. Right. And, you know, that that's, then that's an honor to it. Now, I, I, go, I go three or four rounds. I would go three or four. Just to go. Uh, they would draft local guys late, you know, just yeah. so they could come to camp and say they went to Reds camp and, yeah. and they, and they, you know, they had, a, they had, a, I passed the ball to Larry Bird, you know, I passed the ball to John Havlicek, you know, one time, you know, but um, anyway, yeah, you, I wish it, it, the football draft has taken on a huge life of its own, but it's, you know, that's because it, uh, you know, ESPN has married themselves to the NFL and, you know, yeah, I understand all that. So, right. It's not it. And the other thing I think, unfortunately though, is I think that the, uh, the changing landscape of college basketball means that people don't know the players the way uh, there's a lesser chance. Fewer people will be conversant with the core players than 100%. it would have been true even 10 years ago, let alone 25 or 30. That's and right. it, the landscape has changed completely. And, you know, you, you don't, you have the one and dones and the, and the one and the two and dones and, and out and, and people don't get done. No, I mean, you know, there's no, there's no fifth year player in the, in, in, on anybody's horizon that I know of in the first round this year, is there a fourth year player? Chris, Chris Duarte. Why is he a senior? Okay. Yeah, he's, he so, was a senior at Oregon. Uh, Duarte, so he. Corey Kispert, one. Corey Kispert, Gonzaga. Okay. So right, there so, are a couple actually. So, and I, all right. So now we're talking, we're talking in the, in, in the 10 to 15, uh, 10 to 20 range, both of them. Yeah. You're not getting, you're not getting anybody. I mean, you're talking, you know, freshman, G League, freshman, freshman. Freshman G League. That's probably your top six in some order. Right. We we know it, it'll be a big big shock if some the four the top four in some order, starting with Cade Cunningham, aren't Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs. Is that now? That seems to be a hugely consensus 
you know, top four. Right. Yeah, I've said this for months and I don't understand. I keep hearing people. They're like, well, it's a top five or a top six. And then there's like, to me, it's clearly a top four. And you talk to most NBA guys and they'll say that there's no disparity or so minimal disparity from one to four this year. Now I know Woj put out a report that Detroit's still not a hundred percent sure they're going to take Kate Cunningham. This, this always happens <laughs> every year. Because again, you got to put out smoke screens because, you know, you want those other teams. Maybe somebody is in love with, you know, maybe Houston loves uh, Jalen Green enough to say, all right, we, we, we got to figure this thing out and move up or whatever. You know, you, you put it out there, but Troy Weaver in Detroit, they're going to take Kay Cunningham number one. Everything I've been told, he's the guy and he should be the guy because he's got a lot of Luke in him. A lot. He's big. He's strong. He can see over defenders. He's a great passer. The the one thing he probably isn't is the type of score Luca has become where, you know, he just finds a way using angles, uh, great footwork, but, but he could score. K just does it a little bit differently. They're both high IQ guys. The the other difference that Kate has an advantage over Luca is he's a better defender. But he won't be the scorer that Luca is. He will not. Right. You, you may be one of the few living and breathing Americans who have seen Jalen Green play. Yep. yep. I'm not one of those people. Tell us about Jalen Green. 6'5", super athletic, super athletic. Um, when I saw him a couple of years ago, not a great shooter, just an okay shooter, but he shot 38% in the bubble. So a lot of NBA guys were blown away by him because he played hard which was a big question mark. He shot it well, which was the number two question mark. So that alleviated their concerns. And I think a lot of NBA guys were like, all right, he averaged big numbers. You know, he averaged 18 points and shot 30, 37% from three against pros, yeah. you know, against pros in the bubble. So I, I think they felt like he's further along than anybody thought he'd be. He knows NBA terminology. He's played against pros and they, they see him potentially potentially as a Zach Levine, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell type player who can, you give the ball to, and he can make a play off the bounce. He can score from all three levels. And again, he's terrific in the open court. Unbelievable. You know, in transition, he's a monster. But mm-hmm. the big question was how, how can he be in the half court? And if he can continue to develop, I think there's, you know, again, most people feel like Houston is going to take him with the number two pick because you know, they have John Wall. They got him on the hook for $91 million over the next two years. So you got him at the point anyway. Mm-hmm. You could take Jalen Suggs and pair him with John Wall. But I think Jalen Green is the guy that most people feel like has the highest upside, maybe of the entire draft, including Kay Cunningham. I note that he is a winner, uh, at least in terms of back. He's played on three separate USA yeah. teams yep. uh, under, under – uh, 17, 18, under 16, 17, and 19. Uh, he's won a championship team. So uh, he's got a little winning, a winning pedigree there. What are you personally conversant, or can you tell us about any of the primary internationals, starting with Jonathan Kaminga? Yeah, Kaminga is the one I know. And, and, and he's not as much of an international because he, he played AU ball. You know, he, he grew yeah. up a lot yeah. of years from the Congo. He's from Congo, but right, he's got an American background. Correct. Well, I saw him play a bunch in AAU basketball, Bob, okay. and uh, I didn't love him. I didn't love him. I got to say, he he over dribbled. Um, he played a typical AAU basketball game, <laughs> really so not to his his fault. 
Uh, but he's 6'8", he's 220, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic. He's capable of guarding multiple positions. And I think that'll be his biggest uh, advantage early in the NBA. But, you know, he struggled in the, in the bubble. He's not a good shooter. Shot 25% from three. Mm-hmm. So I could see him as like a Jeff Green type down the road. I don't know if he's got star written on him. I wouldn't take him personally. I'm not even sure I'd take him in the top 10. What do you hear about the Turk Alperin Sengun? Sengun is um, a, a guy that, again, I, I think, you know, again, he, he he's a big-time rebounder. He's kind of a, a, a below-the-rim guy. Yeah. Put up really good numbers overseas, 19 and 7. 19 and 9, I'm sorry, 19 and 9. Big time rebounder, but you know you got to find the right place for him. He's not a guy that you could throw in everywhere because he's he's kind of a throwback. You know he's not your new age. You know the kid from uh, from Spain, Garuba, is more of like a new age guy, right? I mean he he's athletic. You know he's he's more defensive minded. He's high energy. Um, where where Shingun is more of kind of like the old school you know, traditional big man. The, the Scott uh, report I got on him says uh, a low post game definitely good, uh, is there, yeah. but he could pick and pop a little bit, yep. uh, but he's a good passer. And, yeah, I just and, don't know if he fits the, the, the new NBA as much. Yeah. So I could see him going somewhere in that 15 to 20 range mm-hmm. where he might've went, you know, like, like, you know, like Okafor did five okay. years ago. Like, put Okafor in this draft, and instead of going to Philly at number two, he probably goes somewhere in that 15 to 20 range in this this draft. Uh, Do you personally have a guy you like? I mean, you love a a guy. Who's your guy you're rooting for? I mean, I'm rooting for Luca Garza. No. Oh. I'm rooting for him to get drafted and get guaranteed money because he was so damn good in college. Yep. And he's, his his perimeter shot's gotten better. The guy I love and have loved forever and said I might take him with a fifth pick, and now he's moving up the boards, it's James Booknight out of Utah. Booknight. Love him. I just think he he's a professional scorer, Bob. That's what he is. Not a great athlete, just knows how to score. Um, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, average like 19 a game for UConn. Not a great three-point shooter, but I'm telling you, it will get there. He'll be a high 30s three-point shooter um, within a couple of years. I would take him, if I'm Orlando at number five, I think you take, if you're Jeff Weltman, Orlando, you take book night at five, and then you see who's there at eight, defensive-minded. You'll have a Kaminga. You'll have a, you know, maybe you have a, a, a Scotty Barnes or a Davion Mitchell, and, and then there's enough guys that can defend like Davion Mitchell's an elite level defender at the point guard spot who shot 45% from three last year at Baylor. And Oh, by the way, was probably the biggest piece for them winning a national title. Yeah. So he's, he's starting to fall on people's boards, but I don't understand why. Cause I, I think Davion Mitchell's a guy, if he can shoot it in the forties, he can run a team showed that last year and is an elite level, like a Marcus smart level defender. Okay, is this is there depth enough in this draft that both Golden State with two picks and OKC with three uh, might get some benefit? Yeah, there's good depth. I mean, they're, they're sixteen and eighteen. Well, yeah, because Golden State, for instance, at fourteen, 
what what you know to me again they were without clay thompson they could get Corey kispert probably a 14 and, and put him in there and, and he can give you a little bit of what clay did you know oklahoma city there's some good depth you know guys like jalen johnson who remember left duke midway through the year yeah yeah you what know about that? is that gonna are people skeptical they are yeah there, there's some red flags there's no, makeup right yeah but he's six nine two twenty he's a He's a big, strong foreman, really, who can pass it and shot it well in limited attempts from three. But, like, there's a lot you can work with with him. The big question is, like, you know, honestly, you know, leaving Duke and, and going in multiple high schools, a lot of NBA guys are worried. Duarte is the one I told you about from yep. Oregon. Yep. I, I think he's a guy that if I'm Golden State, I'm looking out all the way up at 14 because he can shoot it. He can. He really knows how to play. He's got size. He can score, and he can defend. Now, he's 23, 24 years old, so a lot of – and I don't understand this. This is, to me, the dumbest thing that NBA teams do. <laughs> well, 24 years old, so we can't take him. We need a, a 20-year-old instead. The, the likelihood that you're going to have him beyond 28 years old is minimal. So get him from 24 to 28. You're probably going to get a good piece at 14 anyway. You're, you're probably not going to get a star. At least the odds say that. I know that sometimes you hit it, but more often than not, you're looking for a, a starter or a rotation guy in somewhere in that 15 range. So if you're Golden State, can you get a Corey Kispert? Can you get a guy like Chris Duarte who can come in, make shots? And the big difference between Kispert and Duarte is Duarte is not as good a shooter, but he's a really good shooter, and he can really, really guard. Kispert can't. Yeah. Do you uh, have any doubts about Evan Mobley? The only doubt I have is when I was interviewing before the, before the season, he, he admitted, he was like, I didn't love the game when I was young. And I heard that and I cringed. <laughs> I cringed. Now he was so good this year. I just don't know if he's got that killer in him, like that alpha dog killer. I don't, I don't know if I ever see Evan Mobley being a, a number one guy, a star. I think he can be a Chris Middleton to Giannis, which is fine. I mean, if you listen, if right now you told Cleveland, who I think ends up with Evan Mobley, that he's going to be, you know, the, a number two and an all star, but never be a star, they'd be like, okay, you know what? We'll take that. We'll take it, and, and we'll, we'll we'll go we'll go to the bank with that one. I just think Cade, Jalen Green, and, and Jalen Suggs have more upside. Like I love. Toronto getting the number four pick. Yeah. They they hit the jackpot here. They don't have to make a decision. They're going to get Jalen Suggs probably. Yeah, that's – you would certainly think so. He was, you know? Um, and, I mean, what's not to like about him, really? And particularly how, how hard he plays. And, oh, I mean, know? his defensive instincts, his anticipation on the defensive end is, is unbelievable. And, again, his athleticism, he doesn't have the same, like – vertical explosion of of Derrick Rose but he's got that gear he's got that gear and he's big he's strong the only thing that Jalen Suggs needs well two things one consistency on his three-point shot and number two to learn to take care of the ball better yeah yeah you know but but he he also throws some incredible passes so I, I love the top four I think the top four of this draft is as good as we've seen in years and I think there's good depth. Like, I, you know, it, it's not overwhelming, 
the kid I'm rooting for, and I'm so happy he got cleared, is Jared Butler, who won the national title for Baylor, had some medical issues that I won't go into exactly what they are. Uh, but he and his people weren't sure. Like, mm-hmm. like there was some thought, and these medical issues have been out there for the last couple of years. And because he, he originally enrolled at Alabama, Bob. Enrolled in Alabama, was at Alabama for two months, and then wasn't admitted to Alabama because of this medical issue. Baylor was able to take him and play him. No issues throughout his career. But there was some thought that the NBA wouldn't clear him. Well, they finally cleared him about a week ago. And if they don't clear him, he's not a first-round pick. And if they don't clear him, who really takes him? Because if you don't know if he can play, he might end up overseas. So now he's cleared to play, which is awesome. And I'm telling you, Jared Butler, you will not find a better human being than Jared Butler. You will not find – I'm I root for Jared Butler every step of the way. He's that good of a, of a guy and turned into that good of a player – won a national title at Baylor, and just did everything. He could score. He's not a great, great athlete, good defender, like like definitely one of the better defenders, not as good as his teammate Davion Mitchell, but a really good defender and a guy who could play both sp- spots in the backcourt. He could play the one. He could play the two. He can really score it. He could shoot it, get to the basket. So I love Jared Butler. If you can get him in like 20, I, I love that. Interesting. All right. Uh, that's the draft, and um, we'll, we'll see that now. Let's go. Let's shift gears a little bit. Yep. To, to um, uh, mo- mo- so we say mobility within uh, existing players and in the NBA. Yeah. And is there anything developing new since we last convened that, you, yes. that your ear has picked up on whether there is a market for Ben Simmons? That's my number one thing. <laughs> I haven't heard much on the Ben Simmons front, but but what I have heard. Have you heard a little bit on the Bradley Beal front, Robert? No, I know you're all over, but no, I'm, I'm dependent on you for my Bradley Beal information. So, <laughs> Well, again, and we all multiple knew. Multiple suitors, right? There's got to be multiple suitors. Right? Well, you and I talked about this. I've, I've said this for months now that I feel like Bradley Beal at some point, even though Washington made the playoffs or the play-in, that he was going to get to a point where he might say, you know what, I want out. Yeah. And if he wants out, the Boston Celtics – are a viable possibility for a landing spot for Bradley Beal for one primary reason, Jason Tatum. Yeah. And the fact of the matter, yes, if you're Bradley Beal, maybe you want to team up with, with, with a better duo somewhere. Can you go to LA or, or something like that and maybe win a title? Sure. That that'll be on the table if they can do it financially. If not, the Boston Celtics make a lot of sense because again, Tatum and Beal are so close. Now, some people are, are surmising that they could somehow get Beal without trading Jalen Brown. I, I don't see any scenario where that's possible. I, I, I don't because it can't be smart right. enough. And, you know, no, I mean, smart. And right, so well, and well, and well, well, who else is there? Nothing. So. Not enough. Not enough. Tommy Shepard's not stupid here. No. You know, he, he's, he's not trading for pennies on the dollar which is what you'd be getting there. If, if the Celtics, if such a thing happened, then they, in my opinion, they damn well better get Fournier back. Yeah. Agreed. Especially after the way he played. Against <laughs> the, he made, honestly, he probably just made another 3 million a year from that game. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, of course it is. But, but I, all I know is I wanted them anyway, but I, I certainly, you know, I really want them now. But, uh, yeah. I, I, the, the, the negative of, of any trade with Jalen Brown and Beal for the Celtics is Beal obviously makes a lot more money and, and in a year he's going to make a lot more. 
So that's the only thing that would hold me up from making that trade is you'd be, you'd be more, you know, hang, like, like your hands would be more tied on what else you can do down the road if you make that trade. Right now, Jalen Brown's under a favorable contract. So I understand that. But ultimately, it, every road still leads me back to the same, which is that to me, Beal and Tatum would play off each other much better than like sometimes listen there's great players together and they just don't mesh as well oh yeah right? no, it's it, it just their games and again you know i'm not saying they they get along don't get along they're best friends they're not best friends that even doesn't matter to me that much but more of on the court they just don't look like there's a lot of synergy between Tatum and Brown where i feel like if you brought in Beal the synergy is there and again, I, I go back to the same thing, which is I think Beal is potentially much more, he is much more of a ball mover if you need him to be than yeah. Jalen Brown is. He just is. I've seen it. I've seen it with my, my own eyes at Florida in college early on in his NBA career. Obviously, Washington needs him to be more of a scorer now, but, but he can be more of a, of a facilitator if you need him to be. Next guy up, Kyle Lowry. What do we hear? Well, I mean, New Orleans made this trade to try to clear up some some room to go after Kyle Lowry and, you know, uh, upgrade, if you uh, want to, to say, from Lonzo Ball to, to Kyle Lowry. Um, is it enough of an upgrade, Bob, at 36 years old? I, I, I That's, you know, to me, he should be the, – the, the, the landing spot should be a, a team that he's the last piece of the – the Chris Paul thing, the last piece of the puzzle kind of thing, period, because they're not – that their puzzle was not long. Well, Boston would parts. be. Listen, you hate. I, I don't want to go all Boston on this this pod, but but I would say if you added Kyle Lowry somehow to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you'd oh. be like, all right, maybe the Celtics are in business. New Orleans yeah. is too far away. Yeah, wait. That's, so that doesn't to me, you know. I, and I'd like to see Kyle Lowry go somewhere where he can compete for another NBA championship, wherever that is. But. You know, listen, if you're Kyle Lowry, you're also looking at it, it, one more payday. This is it. This is it. So you go to New Orleans and say, hey, they have Zion. Uh, they have Brandon Ingram. They've got talent. And maybe if they add Kyle Lowry in one other piece that maybe fits, yeah. you know, you've got to open the court up. And that's the other thing is it's not like Kyle Lowry is like an elite level shooter. He's, a, he's more of a scorer. And he'd be great in that locker room. Like that's where Kyle Lowry – they probably don't have that as much right now in the locker room with Brandon Ingram, with Zion, with Lonzo. Like Lonzo doesn't, he doesn't talk. Like, <laughs> that's the detriment to Lonzo Ball as a point guard. He doesn't really talk at all. So um, I don't even know if he'd fit in Boston because you've already got two stars that don't, haven't possessed great, you know, leadership skills yet, not to their own fault. They're young and they haven't uh, learned from anybody. So, yeah, I, I think Kyle Lowry is going to be fascinating. I think Ben Simmons has been quiet right now, but should heat up. You can usually expect at least one big trade, yeah. you know, among a, a star-type player on draft night. Like, that's what I, I, I always felt like when I did the draft yep. and, and was reporting uh, on site. I always kind of knew there was going to be one big one. And, and there were tons of rumors that day. I, I remain completely – fascinated by what's going to happen if anything yeah. Ben Simmons because I just want to see what the rest of the world thinks of him you know yeah. what the what, what we, I, I don't know I have no idea what 
if, if there's any unanimity of opinion, if there's an outlier that says, oh, I give me, yeah, I want them, boy. I'll, I'll, we'll fix them up, but we'll, we'll get to them. And I, I don't know. Would, I, would I, you I, do this? I know we've talked about trading Jalen for Ben Simmons, and, and I'm, Philly wouldn't do this, but would you do this? Would you, would you mortgage everything else? Would you mortgage Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, first-round picks, everything they want, Aaron Neesmith, everything <laughs> Philly would possibly want from the chest other than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for Ben Simmons? I don't want them. And you've said that. You've said that. You, you don't even want him in your roster. No. I'm, I had a, he's had enough time, four years, yeah. to prove something, and he's proving it. He doesn't want to do it. He, he's, uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I, no, I don't want him. I just don't want him. No, I wouldn't do all that. I'd let somebody else be the risk taker, and it is a risk. That's all. You know, I, I'm, no, I don't want him. All right. Well, listen, we will, uh, on the next episode, we'll wrap up the NBA draft. I'm yeah, sure. We'll have, a, we'll have, a, we'll know a lot more and, and, and there will be movement. Trades. You're right. There'll be a trade. There'll be a movement. There'll be, there'll be, it'll be a different NBA landscape to some degree when we next convene. There is no question. No so. doubt. So make sure you, uh, again, listen to us wherever you listen to your pods, uh, watch us on, on social media, on Twitter, uh, and YouTube. And, uh, we will be back next week to wrap up the NBA draft and, all the other uh, personnel movement within the NBA. Thanks for joining us.